We've been celebrating Christmas. Take your Bibles, turn to Luke chapter 2. And I remind you that for this month I have been trying to get us to see Christmas through God's eyes. Two weeks ago we started out with lights. Last week we started out with gifts. And today, the bells. There's an old song that I used to love to sing every year at Christmas time. And the chorus goes like this. Come on, ring those bells. Light the Christmas tree. Jesus is the King born for you and me. Come on, ring those bells. Everybody say, Jesus, we remember this, your birthday. How many remember that song? Anybody? Brock, you can't remember that song. Boy, you're not old enough. All right. The bells. You know, if I'm honest with you, transparent with you, I will tell you that bells are not mentioned a great deal in the Bible. Um, From my study is that they're mentioned in the Old Testament. There were bells on the uh, uh, engraved on the robe of the priest because he was holy. And there were bells uh, on the horses. The horses who, who led the procession to the festivals, particularly uh, um, the Feast of the Festivals, Feast of the Shelters. And as you can picture a horse with a blanket over it, on the side of it, there was a bell, and on that bell was the insignia, Holy to the Lord. You see, that's what, that's what the, the bells stand for. And over the years, since about the 4th century, churches have used bells to announce the Christmas season, to usher in Advent, if you will. The truth is, is that as I think about the celebration of Christmas, as I think about the history of the bells, I believe that Christmas time is when God rings our bell. And we're, we're going to find it in one of my most favorite passages of Scripture, Luke chapter 2. We're going to read the first 20 verses, but I will tell you that this is one of those passages that Miss Hannah Dobson, my second grade teacher, had us memorize. She just had us memorize verses 8 through 16 in the King James, but that Christmas story has always stayed with me, and this has been one of my favorite passages. So if you will, if you can, stand to honor the reading of God's holy word. We'll pick up in verse 1. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that the whole empire should be registered. This registration took place while Quirinius was governing Syria. So everyone went to be registered, each one to his own town. Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem. Because he was of the house and family line of David, to be registered along with Mary, who was engaged to him and was pregnant. While they were there, the time came for her to give birth. Then she gave birth to her firstborn son, and she wrapped him tightly in cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. Okay, James says, no room in the inn. Verse 8. In the same region, shepherds were staying out in the field and keeping watch at night over their flock. Then 
an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Don't be afraid, for look, I proclaim to you good news of great joy that will be for all the people today. In the city of David, a Savior was born for you who is the Messiah, the Lord, or Christ the Lord. This will be the sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped tightly in cloth and lying in a manger. Suddenly, there was, with, there was a multitude of the heavenly host with that angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and peace on earth to people he favors. When the angels had left them and returned to heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go straight to Bethlehem and see what has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they hurried off and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. After seeing these things, they reported the message that they were told about the child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary was treasuring up all these things in her heart and meditating on them. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they had seen and heard which were just as they had been told. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, I pray that today that you will take this feeble attempt to share the message of Jesus coming to earth. I pray that you will use your words. Remove me, put me behind the cross so that people can see you and hear you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. You may be seated. We all know that bells are used for many things. They start things. They end things. They alert us of things. They announce things. The list can go on and on and on. But when I believe when God looks down and sees Christmas, it seems to me that God is beginning to ring some bells that he's even ringing today. This is going to be a very simple message. It's only got two points. Could I get an amen? That's what I thought. The first thing I see when I look at the scripture is God rung the bell on the hillside. He rung the bell on the hillside. You see, for me, when I read this, he kind of rung the bell there like, like, like it would maybe for a championship boxing match. When, by the time you get to the day that the boxing match, by the time you get to the day that the boxing match takes place, it's been well publicized. It's been all the networks. Everybody knows what's going on. You'll have, you'll have the two guys to come in the corner of the crowd there, and everybody's set to go, and all of a sudden the bell rings and it starts. I'll just tell you, there has nothing been more publicized throughout history than the birth of Jesus. Truth is, God gave his plan for redemption way back in Genesis chapter 3 when he was speaking to the serpent and he was speaking to the woman that we call Eve. 
And he said to the serpent, he said, I am going to put hostility. Old King James says enmity. Hostility between her seed and you. And he goes on to say, now you may bruise his heel, but he's going to crush your head. You see, back then, God was taking care of business. He was announcing that there was going to be a child to come. And, by the way, it didn't, it didn't just announce it then. I'll put it on the screen. Hi, the prophets announced it. Isaiah seven fourteen. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. See, the virgin will conceive. Have a son. And name him Emmanuel, God with us. How about the scripture that we quoted earlier today? Isaiah 9, 6, for a child will be born for us, a son will be given to us, and the government will be on his shoulders. They were trying to kill him. He'll be named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. But how about that little obscure prophet, Micah? He talks to Bethlehem, Bethlehem, Ephrathah. You are small among the clans of Judah. One will come from you to be a ruler over Israel for me. His origin is from antiquity, from the beginning, and from ancient times. You see, the truth is, God announced this. After all of this publicity, on this night, at this time, God rung the bell. And how did he do it? I'll just suggest to you three ways. The first thing is that the angels sounded it out. The angels told it. They rang the bell. Angels are God's messengers. You know that. They come from God. And they come and they they tell us the things that God wants us to know. And they came to the shepherds. Shepherds. Why shepherds? Arguably, in that day, they were the dirtiest, the lowest, and the lesser of anyone that you could talk to. Why in the world did God ring the bell to the shepherds? Why did that, where the angels went? Well, nobody really knows for sure. But there's a lot of us that believe that God sent the angels to the shepherds because the shepherds weren't too busy to respond. Everybody else has their life going on. Everybody else wants to do all their other things. God rung the bell with them because he wanted someone who would respond to him. The angels had come to let people know that God that the plan of salvation has begun. God's bell has rung, and he's, the angel sounded it out. second thing I suggest to you is that the shepherds saw it. Now, you can say the shepherds heard it, and certainly they did, but they did more than heard it. They saw it. You see, the truth is, this has been kind of brewing for a while, because in the context of where the shepherds were and that country was, They had not heard anything from God, anything from heaven. Now listen, in 400 years or more, the last word they heard from from God, uh, Malachi had written, and that was 400 years earlier. They were sitting on pins and needles waiting on this. And so when the angels came and the shepherds saw... Now, have you ever thought about what all the shepherds saw? 
I mean, I mean, think about it. The truth is, is that the shepherds, the shepherds saw what nobody else had, had seen. They saw a light show. Now, we don't think much about light shows. When, when I was a, a music director, we always bought light trees and working lights and all these lights for our Christmas program. We always rented them or bought them. People love lights. We talked about that. But think about the shepherds out on the hillside. Nothing but stars. And all of a sudden, it's like the sky splits open, bud. And they see all the glory of heaven. Well, they saw the angels. They heard the angels. But that's not all they saw. Because they were the crowd that responded to God's invitation. They heard the bell and they left and they responded. They got to see the baby. What they had been promised for since time began. Baby Jesus. They saw it. And then the shepherds shared it. What do you think about that? They went, I, I love this part of the story, they went and they saw baby Jesus. And the Bible says they couldn't keep their mouth shut. They experienced baby Jesus and they had to tell, they, they reported it. They, they, as they returned, and they rung, watch this, God had rung the bell in their lives with the shepherds, and now they were ringing the bell with others to say that Jesus is here. You've been waiting for this child of promise, and he is here. The reason bells ring on earth today to announce Christmas is because Jesus rung the bell. That night, to alert the world that God was good on his promise. And he had sent the Emmanuel, the God with us, to change our lives. God is not just for us. God is not just with us. God, through his son Jesus Christ, wants to be in us. gift. God rang the bell that night on the hillside. But I don't think that's all. As I read this, I think God rung the bell and he rings the bell in our hearts. He rings the bell in our hearts. I still get that picture of the angels on the hillside. I still recall most of what Miss Hannah taught me. The angel says, I bring to you good news of great joy, and it shall be for all the people, for unto you is born this day in the city of David, a Savior who is Christ the Lord, and this will be a sign unto you. You'll find the baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly, there was with the angel, she emphasized that, there was with the angel, a multitude of the heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and peace and goodwill to men on earth. 
When I read that, when I remind that, when I speak that, it seems to me that God is ringing our bell today with Christmas. Ringing our bell. I want to say that again. Men, ringing our bell because any man, any man who has played organized football, put on the pads and the helmet, you've had your bell rung. Hello? That been a good place for an amen. Now, when somebody gets their bell rung, what happens is that two players, at least two players, collide. One normally gets the better, one normally gets the worse, but I'm telling you, both of them know they've been hit. And the stars go. You see, folks, today, I think, I think God is trying to ring our bell just like that. And I think the bell that he sends our way is how we're going to end this today. Don't get excited. It won't be in 30 seconds. That's the way we want to end this. And if you've not listened to anything else I've said, I hope you'll listen for the next few minutes. The first bell that he's trying to ring in our, in our hearts is the bell of celebration. It's the bell of celebration. We should celebrate because Jesus came. I go back to that light show that the shepherds saw. I go back to the singing that they heard from the angels. Listen, do you realize the worship service was going on? It was a celebration worship service. And they sang, glory to God in the highest, peace on earth, goodwill to... Who knows what the music was like? It didn't matter. They sang, and I dare say to you, listen, adults, I don't think the angels sang it one time and went back to heaven. I don't think they sang it one time and said, that's enough. I think they do come like our young people have us do when they lead in praise and worship. I think the angels sang it, and they sang it again. And they, they had to keep singing it because the shepherds were slow and they wanted to be a part. And I think they picked up the, the song with them and sang with them because it was a day of celebration. Truth is, the truth is, as I, as I think about this, is that the worship that touches us, that touches us most, is the worship that touches our hearts. Anything that involves a baby touches our hearts. And boy, they were singing, they were, they were celebrating. You think about a baby, all the things that a baby... I mean, think about this. Why did God send him as a baby? Could it be that God knew that we were too hard-hearted? And that there needed to be a baby there to evoke emotion. I mean, you take somebody who's going through grief today and you stick a baby in their hand and most of the time it'll melt their heart. Because of the emotion. This was not any baby, just any baby. I mean, Duke, we, we hear that song every year and you always do a great job. Could he be just another baby? No. He was a new kid. He was... God's only Son. The promised one was here. When God sees Christmas, when God sees Christmas, He sees what we really celebrate. Everything I've been saying about celebration calls us to celebrate Jesus. But when God looks down and He sees Christmas, he knows what we're celebrating. Do we really celebrate Jesus? Is He really the reason for our season? 
The truth is, this spell of celebration rings for him and from him. But this celebration, bell of celebration, has to be alive in you and me. Since I've been here, people go, Brother Jerry, you really get excited. You, you really love the Lord. You, you know what? I, I do. Thank you for that compliment. But my prayer is that we, not me. I was, I was listening this morning to us singing. I'm so thankful for these guys on this first three, row, three rows up here. They come in and they sing. I, I understand that, and, and we know this, at camp they get a little more freedom. And kids, I'm going to challenge you. I'm going to challenge you to bring camp to Sunday morning. And if somebody says something to you about you bringing camp to Sunday morning, you come see me. Because we should be celebrating Jesus. It should be, it should be the, the, the deep part of our heart to celebrate Jesus. Christmas is about a bell of celebration. But that's not all. Jesus is really about to get binding. Because the second bell that I would suggest to you is, is the celebration of conviction. When God sees this time of Christmas, He sees us. He sees us as we are. He sees our need. It's been since the garden, since the Garden of Eden, that God has been framing out history. Framing out history for this time. He knows that His crown creation lives and walks in sin. He knows the deepest recesses of my heart and your heart. And he knows left to our own that, that we will be people who choose sin, just like Adam and Eve did. He knows we don't have the capacity in ourselves, by ourselves, alone, to turn our back on that which we love, that being our sin. We're just like Adam and Eve, the first man and woman. Do you remember They disobeyed him and they ate the fruit. And then when he came, they ran in the woods, got them some fig leaves and tried to hide. They tried to hide their sin. They tried to hide who they were at that point. Have we realized, like they realized, that our fig leaves don't cover our sin? Whatever we're trying to hide behind, it doesn't cover our sin. God knew that. That's why Jesus came. That's why we have Christmas. The Bible tells us that everybody sinned. There's none righteous. The Bible tells us that the wages, the payment, the compensation schedule for sin is death. The Bible tells us that the gift of God is eternal life. Through who? Jesus Christ. By following and trusting Jesus. My prayer for us today. God, I pray you'd look down on us. And I pray that you would 
show us our sin. I pray that you would convict us of our sin. I pray that you would draw a circle around us. And I pray that you would speak to us and call us to yourself. And I pray that you would do it in such a way. Give us such conviction that it would change our lives. You see, when Jesus does His work in your life through the Holy Spirit, and we respond, it is life-changing. When that happens, a bell rings in our lives. Bell of conviction. But the last bell, if we respond to that, the last bell rings. It's the bell of conversion. It's the bell of being saved. Let's just be honest with each other for a second. Often, in our hustle and bustle and patterns of our lives, we tend to momentarily forget that Christmas is all about Jesus coming to earth. We can get wrapped up in all our family stuff, our friends stuff, our tradition stuff, and all of this. And we forget that the manger was a precursor to the cross and the empty tomb. God sent His Son to redeem us Because we needed to be redeemed. God sent His Son to save us because we needed to be saved. God sent His gift, His best gift, because we needed that gift. Jesus came to convert us from a people walking in darkness to a people who not only walk in the light, but people who become the light. All of history, I want you to hear this, all of history pointed to this moment in time when Jesus came. The bell which is ringing in many hearts today says, now is the time, today is the day. Now is the time, today is the day that I turn from my selfish ways and I turn to follow Christ. I will tell you the bell is ringing today. From our English studies in school, many of us remember the name Henry Wadsworth Longfellow. We will remember him as a poet, and if you're a musician at all, he was a lyricist. In 1863, He was a widower with six children in tow. If you remember your history, 1863, there was a war going on. His oldest child, Charlie, went off to war and received a wound that almost rendered him paralyzed. On Christmas Day of 1863, he sat as he heard the bells the church bells in Cambridge, 
And he heard them singing, Peace on earth, goodwill to men. He sat down to write a poem. Now don't everybody leap for your pew. But part of that poem is in our hymn book, 187. He wrote this poem to express the hurt of his heart with all that he saw going on, all the injustice, all the violence. Think about him almost losing his son. Think about the hurt in his heart and then the message coming out, peace on earth, goodwill to men as he hears the bells and this is what he wrote. I heard the bells on Christmas Day. They're old familiar carols play. And wild and sweet, the words repeat of peace on earth, goodwill toward men. And thought how as the day had come, the bells breeze of all Christendom had rolled along the unbroken song of peace on earth, goodwill to men. Till ringing, singing on its way, the world revived from day to day. A voice, a chime, a chant sublime of peace on earth, goodwill to men. Then from each black accursed month, the cannon thundered in the south. And with the sound, the carols drown of peace on earth, goodwill toward men. It was as if an earthquake rent the heartstones of a continent and made forlorn the households torn of peace on earth, goodwill toward men. And in despair, I bowed my head. There is no peace on earth, I said, for hate is strong. And mocks the song of peace on earth, goodwill to men. The last verse is the payoff verse. Then pealed the bells more loud and deep. God is not dead, nor doth he sleep. The wrong shall fail. The right prevail with. Peace on earth. Goodwill toward men. Today the bell is ringing because Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us, is ringing the bell. I offer you this as we close. He wants to be more than for us. He wants to be more than with us. He wants to be in us. When God sees Christmas, that's what He wants. Let's pray together.